0: Where the hell
1: have we been for three weeks?
0: I wanted them to give me some good banter. We it. all Yay. crawled out of our
2: holes and we are back in the studio after a little hibernation.
0: We were
3: all ready last week. Man, mm-hmm.
2: uh,
3: last week? Someone got ill.
2: Last week there was a yeah, game. Was
0: the, the problem was the game in the middle of the week. The game in the middle of the week is when we would normally do the pod. It was so, their fault. So our window our window to do a pod was only like one day or two days. Yeah, that's
1: well, yes. We're
2: working with a lot of schedules. Mm, no one's
1: you know, those blasted Chiefs. You know, what do they matter? <laughs> chiefs yeah.
2: play on Sundays. <laughs> or sometimes potentially Thursday or Monday. But
1: Well, somebody those, does a lot of work with them, so
0: yes. So does Cody. Yes, the two of the two of us are burn our entire days when the Chiefs are at home.
1: There you go.
2: And the midnight oil in terms of and Last Sunday. When Sunday they will be no to The <laughs> crazy primetime game that was a forty-five to ten blowout. So.
0: Yeah, but I'm all for the late games because I I have to show up at five a.m. on a game day. I just so remembered something is,
1: that we can save for extra time. Okay, all right, okay. got it. Noted. Got it. I don't know that you needed to announce it. You could have just. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought of it. Write it down. I just so thought it. of it.
2: Teasing everybody so that they. Well, I was about
3: to say around. something, but now I don't know if that's what you were going to say. <laughs> Damn it.
2: It's okay. <laughs>
0: Okay, right. introduce yourselves. My name is Cody Bradley.
2: I'm Allie Trost.
1: Robert Ruster. Thad Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I sound a rastro when I say my name. So, back on top. Believe it or not. I believe it. What the? Believe it. What the?
2: Believe. That's a, the new motto. Oh, no,
1: I'm not no, no, I don't. But, no, that's the Swill Park one. Wow.
0: <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Dallas match. And we can start it by... You
1: mean the ass whooping? Yeah. Oh. Mm. And we yeah. can
0: talk about um, Matt Beesler's words, fiery words, a little bit. He actually showed some emotion. We're not used to that from Matt Biesler. That was
3: If that's was, that was fiery?
0: Well,
1: well, on the field, he was pretty fiery. They had to you know, push him back.
0: So we're referring to an article on MLSsoccer.com that came out. Uh, he was on a radio show. I don't know what station. I can't. I don't. I don't. Th- they're not reputable. I don't think. <laughs> uh, but he had some choice Story words sh- for Dallas, and you should go check it out. It's kind of interesting to see him being candied from <laughs> all of us who interview him and see him as a robot at times.
3: He's very calculating in what he says to the media, especially ever since he got chastised and hung out to dry by media for. Basically, they misconstrued what he said about the national team and Jurgen Klinsmann. So he's been really super careful about this. one bitten,
0: in the underwear thing, people didn't like him for that underwear thing. Were you jealous? <laughs> <laughs> no i I thought it was I thought it was good, but I do recall you not you seeing an issue with the underwear ads. I was surprised he did
3: it because I thought that people would complain about it. It wasn't that I didn't like it. Not that I cared for it, but no. Anyway,
0: Dallas, (laughs) they suck. (laughs) We won.
2: (laughs) I I think the one thing that I thought about first, my first reaction after that game was you know, Sporting and FC Dallas have been going back and forth kind of in this little tango between first and second place for most of the season. Uh, Sporting's never lost this season 3 0 at home, Dallas has. So that was the most impressionable thing to me is that at this point in the season, losing three to nothing at home in a game like that against one of, you know, the team that you've been going back and forth with all season. Not a very promising sign going into the playoffs.
0: Was it like a little neener, neener, neener? To
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and yeah, Beesler was kind of right with everything he was saying. Like they they did. They kind of fell apart. They were being childish a little bit. And. That's that's why that happened to them. They that was not a that was not a good showing from them at home in front of their fans.
3: I will disagree. I don't think that that's why they fell apart. I don't think that that's it at all. They're that way in every game. They <laughs> it has nothing to do with that game them falling apart. Well, when a they, team that does that
0: every game is going to be prone to falling apart.
3: They they do every little gamesmanship thing that they can in every single game to disrupt the other team. Uh, it's whether it's slow rolling the ball, especially on the road, you know, the the goalie taking every little bit of time, walking from every side to the other to pick up a ball and all that stuff when they're on the road, every single little thing that they can do from the get go to slow the game down. And again, I I know we've talked about this in the past. I don't know what kid grows up to want to go out and stand in front of 20,000 people cheering or booing you to not play a game. So, I don't get it, but that's the way Dallas is. That's one of the reasons I really have disliked them for a long time.
1: Well, if I was a betting man, I would bet that there were some conversations in the Sporting Kansas City circles about the behavior of the FC, play, FC Dallas players and how we could get you know under their skin. Because we came in, we were more physical than we usually are. We were kind of throwing some attitude around, I think that definitely contributed to it, and that may have been part of the plan. Good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree.
2: I think it also goes to show just how important – mentality at this point in the season really is oh yeah showing you know kind of a meltdown situation versus staying calm cool collected when it really matters I think that outlasts those little tactics I might work early on in the season when you know there's not as much on the line you know there will be down the road but I just think that mentality at this point is such a big thing and I know I talked to Beasler and I talked to Opara about coming into the playoffs and training in the past couple weeks and they've both commented on the mentality of of sporting this season and just how comparing it to teams in the past you know Beisler and Opara both have been with sporting since they won MLS Cup so in 2013 and so mm-hmm. just comparing it to that and they feel very strongly about you know where this team's at not only physically on the field but also mentally as well
1: and you know maybe it goes back to Russell and Kamara at the end of the Vancouver game you know Russell's maybe been a leader of that kind of attitude in some ways I don't know exactly what happened there but yeah
3: no, and and I like that point because I think Russell may be a big difference for this team versus previous teams. About he's He has a little more attitude, a little more edge, a little more chip on his shoulder yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. And I know so I you listen to some of the idiots that work right for MLS.com and they talk about how there was no difference makers on sporting going into this. They're wrong. Johnny frickin' Russell is the <laughs> difference maker. He's the guy that will throw the team on his back. And go score a goal or make the make the pass and he's that guy.
2: And I mean, am I wrong in saying that Johnny Russell Johnny Russell was the number nine. It wasn't the number nine that Sporting Kins City was looking for. It was the Johnny Russell that they were looking for. (laughs) He does everything that people were complaining that the, you know, false number nine or the absent number nine that Sporting didn't have and wasn't doing, that's what Johnny was doing. And I think that what he's brought and we've talked about this the entire season, what Johnny Russell has brought on the field and off the field and bringing that attitude but still staying composed but just kind of bringing that edge but not letting it affect his game, he's been so, so crucial, which he got a well-deserved uh, reward for that also. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you brought up the the number nine. I mean, how much praise did Shelton get after this game? By rightfully those at MLSsoccer.com so. as well, which was a bit surprising. Rightfully but so. Yeah. Oh, rightfully so. I sure. think
2: Shelton – I mean, I've always been a huge Shelton cheerleader from the side, I think, yeah, since you have, the beginning. Like. <laughs> um, this
0: pod's been very pro-Shelton. The, yeah, this
2: whole pod has, and I know that he's gotten a lot of criticism for not to say he shouldn't have scored in a lot of situations earlier on in the season, but the way that he fights for the ball and is that first line of defense and you know keeps plays alive in the way that he acts physically and just doesn't give up, I mean, that is the reason... He was so much of the reason that sporting was so successful this past weekend.
1: And hey, that ball he played to Gutierrez on that exchange that was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's something you see Gutierrez doing earlier in the season.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in the Vancouver game, he, he basically helped set up Daniel, was it both times or well, at least one of the times right, just by right. being physical and oh, yeah. sh- shouldering off the defender and then playing the ball.
1: That was for the go ahead goal. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And speaking of that, too, a trio that we talked about a lot throughout the season when they were in there. In the I thick thought of, of you it. when oh, I saw yeah. that. I thought of you. <laughs> Sheldon Shallowy and Russell. I mean, due to injury and then uh, international duty and other things like that, we kind of saw that trio break apart after they had a really successful stretch early on in the season. But I think uh, I think we might be seeing a lot more of them now going into the playoffs because Obviously, they. I thought that they sh- the three of them showed that when they're back together, really nothing's changed and they're just as successful and the chemistry is so strong. like It's undeniable, I think, between the three of them.
1: Well, I'll keep talking about it because there's a story on MLSsoccer.com <laughs> that gives the stat about uh, a tweet about what the record is with those guys oh, on the field. Yeah. I know which one you're talking about. I can't recall it yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah.
3: But let's Accurate just suffice it to say that – the devil's advocate. <laughs> No, no, I'm oh. agreeing with you. But let's just suffice it to say that sporting tends to win more often when Kyrie starts at center forward. Mm-hmm. Now, you can argue that Rubio has far more talent or Namath has much more sooky moves, which he's really not had for a couple years. But anyway, uh, Diego has more talent. He's mm-hmm. he's a better pure goal scorer. And for at least a few games, he had some of the Shelton-like tendencies. But they win. They they give up less goals. They score more goals when Shelton is on the field. Yeah. Well, I, it's...
2: The stat that Bob mentioned, so Sporting KC's record when Shelton starts at center forward, eight wins, four draws, two losses, plus 14-goal differential. And then when Shelton, Russell, and Shallowey start together, eight wins, three draws, one loss, and a plus 16-goal differential. So, I mean, and I, and I know what you're saying, too, with the, the Rubio thing is that, you know, obviously Rubio has more goals. He had a really hot August, and he's great. I mean, there's no denying that Rubio's a key part to this team and that he is a crucial key player in the offense when he's out there. He's made a huge difference. He's scored some major goals that have lifted sporting in game-winning situations or tied the game, won them points. But in terms of, the you know, most of the majority of the game, I think Shelton's a better player for those longer stretches whereas I think Rubio comes in and brings a really strong burst or a really um high energy but I don't know if he again is like the the 90 minute center forward
1: But it was the opposite in Vancouver. Rubio started and Shelton came in right. off the bench, so yeah.
3: And then they scored. Yeah. No, and again, I've actually liked Rubio for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think he's got the ability to be the starting center forward for this team. I just think that the way Peter has them playing and the way they want to play, Shelton is the better for-the-team result at this point in time.
2: But can we talk about how hard Peter Vermis's job is? Because I feel like any given game, there's so many different variables where it's almost like the game comes down to, when when it's close, it comes down to Peter using the right pieces at the right time. And there have been, obviously, situations where he's subbed in you know, Rubio, and Rubio comes in, scores a huge major goal, Vice versa, bringing in Shelton, he comes in, and you know, how do you, how do you always make those right decisions, especially now in playoffs when it matters the most, as a coach?
1: Well, he tends to go with the hot hand, but he always says it's not a, not a difficult thing. That's just coach talk, I think.
2: I don't but know if I, of course, that. it's nice
1: to have all those options, but right, he but tends like, to go with the hot hand, but
2: but having that many options and oh, having so many different, um, I think chemistry plays a huge factor in it too. There's so many. Yeah. pairs or trios or whatnot on the field that play so well together how do you how do you read which ones are going to be right at the right time and which ones you need to switch up
3: it, I don't know it, it's I'm like, also
2: not a I'm not a major league soccer coach probably for a reason
3: well, It's kind of like in hockey where they put lines together so that you know the the left wing the right wing the center it, it really matters what kind of chemistry they have mm-hmm. And you got somebody out there who can play make somebody who can shoot somebody who can muck it up in the corners that sort of thing right and it's it's all a talent of which lines you put together. Well, in soccer, you don't have the talent, you don't have the ability to like change those lines on right. fly and bring in a different line and mm-hmm. then change you it only up. Have so many subs, right? Like you can't. So you have to have that plan ahead of time, mm-hmm. and then know when the as the game changes, you know the tempo changes, the momentum changes. Now you can bring in somebody different to change up that that speed or uh, exploit something that you've seen the other team doing or you know, a sub that they've made. So it's it's a talent that I think Vermees may not have had really, was not really good at back in 2011, mm-hmm. but he's taken a lot of criticism for those subs or not making subs. Oh, They're playing well out there, leave them, mm-hmm. right? But especially this year and last year even, yeah. he's made a lot more subs.
1: Well, I think a lost a little bit in the game was the resurgence of Gutierrez. I think he's playing better now. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be a big factor in the playoffs. And, of course, shallowly, yeah. the last two games, him back where he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Huge. It's because Kyrie and Russell are out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so something else that, well, maybe Peter didn't make this decision, but something that happened in the game was Ilié finally missed a penalty kick. And so do we have a new PK taker?
3: It's not finally. It's the second one.
0: Or Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And but it, he he cut the cord. Burmese finally cut the cord, I guess.
1: Or did Johnny just say? I think Iliea. It. It. Isn't that what the commentator said? That Iliea said, Johnny, you take it. That's what I thought happened. I don't know.
3: Did, did you trust what the commentators said?
0: <laughs> hey, they're there. At, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> but everybody, but everybody wants Johnny to continue
1: taking them. I would vote for that. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, I would.
3: I would quite honestly it's a little bit situational for me, but yeah, I would I love Ilya and he's such a great player, but I have never been impressed with his PKs at this point. I'm not sure that I was really super impressed with Johnny's. I mean it was low and hard, but I'd actually rather it be a little bit I'd actually I like a higher penalty kick. It makes it harder for a keeper to get to, but
0: that yeah, goal's a it's goal. also <laughs> more difficult to do. I mean that's the point of it. Well so what These you guys said are it's talented. situational. In what situation does someone other than Johnny take it
3: when he's the guy that's fouled it it's always seemed weird to me that when you when you're the guy that earns the pk you don't get to take it but i know why they do it because the emotions are high yeah, right. or whatever sure um yeah. so
0: so Shallow-y gets fouled he gets to take it
2: no that's saying the opposite
0: no shallowey should never take a pk
2: see yeah, i would disagree
0: he's too young Alright, I'm thoroughly confused then. So, what was that no, saying? No, Dad
2: was saying that he understands that when the player who gets fouled doesn't take it, it makes sense because emotions are running yeah. high. Yeah,
0: but before that, he said he thinks they should.
3: No, I said it always. It seemed weird a little bit, but that's <laughs> I do understand why they do.
2: However, it. if there, if there was to be a player who would take a the PK after getting fouled and probably score it, it'd be Johnny Russell. <laughs> Johnny Russell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then.
0: Answer my question. When so who who takes penalty kicks for you? You said it's situational. I thought that meant, depending on who gets fouled, they take it. That yeah. So if Shalawi gets fouled, he takes it. No. What? What am I what? missing here? What Why does everybody else on? understand okay, this? What did you, you mean when you originally situation? You just what said. You mean? Hold on, hold on. You just said.
2: You're being so dramatic. Whoever I
0: don't understand how I'm missing this. You just said whoever gets fouled takes the penalty kick. No, I never said that.
3: I said I, I always. It always seemed a little weird that that was okay, not the case. Okay, so hold on. But I answer understand question, why it's not.
0: Then. Answer the answer my question then.
3: Did you actually listen to what I just said? Did you actually listen? Yeah. You weren't listening. No, he wasn't. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's
2: the Cody show. Go ahead. What? What? Go ahead, so
3: Cody. Go ahead. Speak.
0: <laughs> Cody,
3: dead when, air is not when good. When does
0: potting. when does Johnny Russell take a penalty kick, and when does someone else take a penalty kick?
3: Johnny Russell, I think, should take it when pretty much anybody else is fouled except Johnny. So,
0: but when Johnny's fouled, somebody else. else takes it. Yeah. Why?
3: Where? I don't <laughs> That's pretty much like standard. It's like standard soccer coaching. When you're the guy that's fouled, you don't take the PK.
1: Yeah, but think of the drama. Guys writhing on the ground. He's he's hurt. He gets up and he still scores. <laughs> I don't I know mean, that, that that's pretty story. standard.
0: <laughs> a lot, a lot of a lot of it is Allie? the Allie? striker. Yeah, I mean I've heard that. Yeah, like I get it. You've heard that, so it is pretty standard. Okay, cool.
2: That's those two different things. I think that, but I think that's what you see pretty much across the board. I mean, I can't think of any team I ever watched or played on or followed throughout my entire life where that wasn't. 90% of the time, the situation.
0: For me, standard is most teams have a penalty kick taker. Uh, yes it's, no. Uh, normally, standard for me would be most teams have a penalty kick taker.
2: Question. I can't remember. Has there been a situation this season where Elie was fouled, where he drew the PK and then took it? No, I don't we, think so. We don't so. earn
0: enough PKs for that kind of
3: thing.
2: I know. <laughs> I, But yeah. I can't remember if there was a situation where that – I don't don't remember him him getting fouled
3: and taking it. So
2: we wouldn't have anything to compare this season (laughs) if Sporting would still have Elie be the PK taker.
3: And also, going off of past seasons, it's not been necessarily a rule who took it. It was sometimes decided on the field uh, who felt that it was. Was feeling the mojo. I can guarantee you, as soon as somebody went down in the box, Kai Kamara was grabbing the ball, Okay. Well, it it didn't matter. That's a
1: long story, isn't it? Right, Columbus. But
3: with sporting, it wasn't a problem. Okay, so at least not that we know of. So anyway, he would always grab the ball. Yes, it for a while it was Dom taking him until he missed, and then it was Benny taking him. Okay, who was it before Ilye? Benny Philhaber.
1: Yeah, Benny had it for a long time. Okay, so nobody else did it before Ilye this season.
0: And I watched Benny get fouled in the box and then take the penalty kick last
1: year. <laughs> I w- I would nominate Gutierrez if not Russell. He would be my choice.
0: Have we seen him take one? I
1: don't know. I don't think so.
0: But you're confident anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I feel the same way. I was. Just, <laughs> yeah. I was just asking.
3: <laughs> but I also wonder if Johnny took it because this last one, not because Ilie's was saved, but because they were trying to get him to ten goals, just for you know. They're already yeah. up. They're already up to nothing. I
2: doubt it was because of that, but
3: that may not be a Peter decision. That may be they decided it on the field.
2: Yeah,
0: so. that's that's yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Johnny was just like, I'm taking it. Yeah. But I can't imagine
2: And you're not gonna in like, say no. a situation like that at this point in the season, him being like, I wanna get to ten goals, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> like really. I'm gonna t-
3: Well, he was not wanting Daniel to have more goals than him. League play. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I don't think that either Either Daniel or Johnny would ever put a game on the line so that one could. Go. Well, Agreed. if it was Agreed. the
3: game on the line, I completely agree with you. But it was the third goal
2: against FC Dallas on the road. I don't. I still in don't the think. 80th something minute. I you never know. You I don't. I know. still don't think exactly. I don't think that either of them would. So I,
3: I don't think that they were worried about the game totally at that point. It's like yeah. So and again, again, who's going to worry about Johnny taking it if he wants to take it? Let him take right. it.
2: Right. No. I think that the team is in good hands if Johnny Russell is, you know, up All to right. bat. All right, on
1: Friday when you guys go to training, ask Ilya and I'm Johnny, ask, What happened on the I have deal? to know.
2: How was this decision made? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a relevant
0: question. I want to know. Yeah. yeah,
3: I agree. There you go. We will ask Johnny.
0: All right, moving on. Uh, salaries were released. Should we talk salaries? Speaking of Johnny Russell. Speaking of, yes, Johnny got quite the bump. Like almost – Double. Almost doubled him up. From (laughs)
3: $699,999.96.
0: to like 1.3. So that doesn't seem like that's incentives that he hit is why he's getting paid more. It seems like they silently at some point gave him a raise. Yes, it seems like that. But why wouldn't the team... Right. Wouldn't they want people to know that they're being... Nice to their players in such a way.
3: Well, yes, but they're also weird in how they do that sometimes because they may not have wanted to make other players want that money. I don't, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's like when they announced the day they announced uh, Matt Graham, Roger, and Elie all signing new contracts. They would not release the amount of years. Up and for the last couple of years, they've announced the amount of years and that sort of thing in the contracts. This is one time they went, yeah, we're not saying anything about it. And it was all because one guy got a two-year, one guy got a three-year, one guy got a two-year with an option, and they didn't want anybody going, well, in a press conference, well, Matt, why did you get this and Graham got that? So it may be one of those when they signed it, they just didn't want it to come out right at that point because of something else they were doing.
0: I, I don't know. That's just speculation. Um. Johan Krause, not best player in MLS. <laughs> as you, I don't really get that joke, but as you, as you <laughs> like to say, <laughs> um, very useful, very well, very necessary for us this season. As much as people probably wouldn't like to admit that, ended up being like absolutely necessary for this team,
3: and probably earned every bit of the salary that everybody complained about. Including some idiot up at MLS
0: But see, that's my issue. He didn't complain. We're talking about Matthew Doyle. He I I got into it with Doyle on Twitter. But he wasn't even actually complaining about the salary. It was the designated player label. Which in theory like what would make you mad about that is that he's one of the top three paid on the team. Yeah. But there are seven players that make more than him on this roster.
3: And like we've talked before, the DP label is pretty meaningless now with the the era of TAM and GAM and all the other mechanisms for signing players and all that. And it's always been that you could sign a DP in name only because they actually made less than the the max amount, but because of a of a transfer fee slash signing bonus, they were above it. So it didn't doesn't really mean anything. When you were talking about Beckham's and Robbie Keane's and stuff like that, yeah, DP meant something. When you're talking about Gerso and Yauhan Krause, DP doesn't mean a whole lot. And Matt Doyle is smart enough to know that. But A, he criticized Krause early in the season, and he's unwilling to back off of that and (laughs) And admit that he was ever wrong. Okay, So he's... And in fairness, Doyle is not a stupid guy, okay? He has some good analysis. But I always I'm picking on him now because he's wrong. Okay?
0: Yeah, he was. And he was wrong to do it on that game when Krause played well.
3: It was the stupidest time to bring that back up because he was the best player on the field. Injured. He was friggin' injured. I know,
0: and to make it worse, he like doubled down on that again and was like was like the goal didn't change anything. He had a bad night and was being subbed out because of it. Uh no dude, he was limping like you could visibly see him limping on the broadcast, yeah. and that's why he was subbed out.
3: He got tackled from behind twice with no call, okay and I'm not saying the referee was against him or anything. It was just they got no call. He was uh Peter called it a Charlie horse, but obviously he was questionable and wasn't good enough to go to Dallas. It wasn't healthy enough to go to Dallas, okay, but he was the best player that night if you look at ratings on. The audio index, if you looked at the friggin' who scored.com ratings, he was one of the best players on that night. He scored the crucial goal that started the comeback. He was everywhere. And if you say, oh, well, he was walking when he scored that goal, like he was, you know, being lazy. No, he was freaking injured. <laughs> when the ball got through, he ran to it, took a nice touch, put a beautiful ball in the net, and walked off.
0: Yeah, and it was not it was on his weak foot and still not an easy shot. Yeah. So, and so yes, while he may 680,000, I there's an argument that that's a little much like when you look at the stat line from the season so far, but I'm definitely holding by that it is not bonkers. It is not and again, it
3: How much a player makes is not always... You're not going to see it always in goals and assists. Yeah, a lot of times in forwards and midfielders you will, but not always. And for somebody to think that he's not playing well... Early in the season when a lot of people were down on him and calling him names and... Rightly so. All that. I was sitting here saying, but if you saw he was making a touch, he was making a play that didn't quite work. He's got to adapt to the speed. Some guys come in and they're already... They're already at the speed above MLS and they actually settled down fully Gutierrez. Okay. He was, he's come from a higher level. You know, a guy from La Liga comes and they're from a higher level. The t- guy comes from the championship. That's from a, a, a equivalent or higher level. Johan came from a decent league and Doyle was wrong about that too. When he was a backup on a bad team. He was wrong. Okay. He, he was, he started 20 something games in the last half of the, the, Season that he was with the previous team. So anyway, that's not a backup. Okay, so Doyle's wrong about that. He was wrong about him not being good. The guy has been improving all year, adapting to the league, and he's made crucial plays, crucial goals, putting crucial minutes at how many different spots now?
2: That's what I was going to say. Stat sheet aside, Johan has played at wing back, which was apparently his most <laughs> comfortable position, according to Peter Vermees and Johan himself. He's played at wing. Forward or out, you know, out wide on the wings. He's played in that central midfield position. Like he's played all over the field. I mean, doesn't matter how many goals he's played to have a player, especially with the injuries that Sporting sustained this season, to have a player like Johan who stayed healthy, who showed improvement, who was dedicated to getting better, to see him be able to switch up in all these different positions and get better in each one. I mean, that to me is the value right there. It's not even what he what he puts up on, you know, how many goals he scored, whatever. It's like hey, Johan, we need you at left back. We need you center mid. We need you, you know, he played all over the place.
0: Yeah. I I think in a, so say the scenario where Krause was not here and Gutierrez goes down, I think Vermees would happily pay 680000 to, like, have a backup attacking midfielder right there. Absolutely. Yeah. But I must admit, so it's like I do, like, looking ahead, it's like, man, Krause could be, like, really good next year. But also, is he is he the number two in the depth chart for attacking midfielder or is a young lad named Busio?
1: Well, that's probably a question for later, isn't it? But,
0: yeah. yeah, that's an off-season question. <laughs> it is.
3: <laughs> well, this team is always – Peter, in 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 almost any sport, you, you can say this: you want some guy who can play a lot of positions and play at a high level. Okay, the last couple of years we've had Madranda play, you know, five different positions. This year we have kraze play. I think he I think he's been on every side of the forward line, including the middle. He's he's been the ten. He's kind of been the eight. Uh, he's been a left back. Okay, he could pretty much play anywhere at this point except center back and goalie. Okay. <laughs>
2: Which, like, that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, we Fine don't want with him <laughs>
3: Um So you want somebody who can do that. This team's always wanted somebody who could do that. It's been different guys. It's been Jacob Peterson. So if you want to compare Jacob Peterson to Johan Kraze and the amount of money they paid and the amount of goals they put in or the amount of quality they provided um, at playing all those different spots, and you that, can then even, it's an argument.
2: You can even argue that, like, Lobato, before Lobato got hurt, was very much that versatile player that sporting had and even Madronda a little bit as well. So Johan also in, if you look at terms of in terms of versatile players on the team, they were kind of missing too due to right. Lobato and Madronda's injuries. So the fact that Johan was the third, I mean, I know there are other players who kind of move around a little bit, but in terms of three, who've moved around a lot, Johan was kind of the only one now considering uh, Lobato and Madronda are out for the rest of the season.
3: Now, and, in- also, keep in mind, when Johan was signed, he there was no Felipe Gutierrez. Okay, right. Johan was signed. Felipe Gutierrez was a guy who they had on the, the radar but kind of fell in their laps. It was like, oh, hey, he's available now. We can't pass him up. So they made the deal. Johan probably would have been the starting 10. Again, we can argue whether that's really 10 spots. But anyway, he would have been a, the starting midfielder next to Espinoza in front of Ilié if there wasn't a Felipe Gutierrez Mm -hmm. and he probably would have struggled for the first month or two of the season, but he would have gotten a lot of games in. He would have had the team would have adapted around him a little bit. Mm -hmm. He would have adapted to the team. Instead, Felipe Gutierrez comes in. He can't not start him. Can't pass signing him up and he's scoring goals. So, okay, we move Johan out to a spot where he's not so comfortable. Now he's moved around so much. I quite honestly, I don't care where we put him. I'm pretty comfortable with him coming in and he's he understands the league, he understands how Peter wants him to play and he can pretty much come in and play anywhere. I'm willing to pay a half million dollars for a guy who can do that. Yeah. 600,000, 650,000, mm-hmm. whatever the number is. He's he's worth that money now.
2: Yeah.
0: The curious case of Kraze. How <laughs> <laughs> might how st-
2: might I out. steal that
3: headline actually?
0: That might be a- I'm definitely going to name the podcast that. That feels right. <laughs> um so another one we could talk about uh Fontas, I won't sing. I'm a I'm as someone who's rarely neutral on things. I'm a I don't know where I stand on on this one. He's making just under a million, well a million, by four less than four cents.
3: I know that four <laughs> cents kills he, me.
2: He out. took Johnny's, <laughs> he took Johnny's salary.
0: So he is a backup. He's played one full game, started one game, two games, one. Yep. Yep. One game, yeah. Um well, is just that just
2: like Matt Beasler from the press box on the field. <laughs> right, yeah.
0: <laughs> so is that too much for a backup or is it smart of an MLS team to make sure they have three
1: quality center backs? I, it certainly is. And it's also as I think we're all thinking, it's it's about the future. I mean, Ike and Matt can't play center back. We don't know how much longer. (laughs) Uh, And I would not be surprised next year if we see Fontas playing starting half the games. I would not be surprised at all.
2: I agree with Bob.
3: And rotating through, and remember, you still have Open Cup next year, you have Champions League next year. Champions League, that's Um, And you also have the option, which I think we could get into another discussion. This is probably going to segue a little bit. But you now have the ability to have... Beasler, Opara, and Fontas as a three man back line. Right. It's right. Three quality center backs, which is always again, always seems weird to me that your center backs is a three man back line. But anyway, it's that's the way it works. So three center backs is the back line and they're all good. I mean, it's Fontas is again, he's probably still needs to adapt a little bit to the league because mm-hmm. he hasn't played a ton of minutes. And adapt just meaning get used to how this league plays, but he's now sat on the bench for quite a few games. He's, he's had one full game, a sub in and I wouldn't be too worried about him being in there. But going into the summer transfer window, everybody's like, oh, we need defenders because we don't want to have uh, oh, yeah. Moore was gone, and Graham Smith, and Amir Ditch. Evans was Evans. Yeah. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Yeah. so no qualms there from any of us. We're no. pleased with that one. Yeah, and it's a sign of MLS in the time of Tam and Jam, but we had a stat, or Mike had a stat. Someone had a stat. Allie.
2: Oh, you're right. That was me oh yeah, yeah, I
0: forgot <laughs> um, just to start about uh, just sh- shows the progress of our league.
2: It does encouraging signs, yeah, I actually thought this was wild oh. all right, so in April of two thousand and fourteen, the highest paid sporting Kansas City player made three hundred and ninety eight thousand two hundred and fifty dollars, and then, in October two thousand and eighteen, the average sporting k c player. Uh, had a guaranteed compensation that was three hundred ninety-eight thousand four hundred forty-two. So, the guaranteed compes- compensation for the average sporting player this year uh, is higher than what the highest-paid player made in two thousand fourteen. So, that's pretty wild. That there's still
3: wild. a lot of guys making fifty thousand, but you have yes, the guys <laughs> making one point six and right. one point three and one million. So,
2: yeah,
0: nine guys over five hundred.
2: Well, and also considering age and experience too. I mean, yeah, those are mostly some of the youngins
3: which when i started covering this league going so when i started transitioning from being a, just a fan to actually like covering this a little bit in mm-hmm. players are making 14,400 at the low end.
1: We can continue the salary discussion or do you want to move on Mr. Cody cuz i do have a prompt if you want to continue the salary discussion.
0: Yeah, so yes, yes, All right. continue.
1: So, okay, a poll of these three. Icopara, Ilya. Emilia getting paid three hundred thousand at three twenty five, three thirty, dollars well, okay, three forty two for Ike. Which of those three has the most right to complain about a salary? Melia, Melia, Melia. All right, then. <laughs> I, I, I would if, agree. For me, if I had a rank,
2: <laughs> if we're ranking and not just like polling, I'd yeah. say Melia, then Elia, then Ike.
1: Okay. I when would I agree. when
2: I look at like longevity and I look at um. Just overall contribution.
1: And of course the reason I bring that up is because from Fernandez Gerso to Ike, that's a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar a year difference. Wow.
0: Yeah.
3: Sadly, it's like this in almost every profession. You have to move to make more money. Yeah. Sometimes when you're someplace and you yeah, keep getting point. pay increases, you know, you have to go to a different company in order to get the fifty the percent raise.
1: So you telling me this is Elie's new salary after re-signing? Or was that just simply an extension of his you know
3: it, he, he no it was a new contract, but yeah. I don't know if this is his new salary or if that re- doesn't reflect until next year. Right, right. Yeah. yeah I was going
2: to say cuz ex- this one looked pretty similar to
3: cuz neither not uh Beasley, Zusi or Elie or uh Espinosa, none of those four that signed have different numbers for their
0: contracts.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't realize that Zuzi was making and Beza were making that much. at okay, all right. Yeah, not that we lower.
0: Yeah, so I don't think that's Ilya's new contract. Okay, because it was an extension. It would, yeah, they yeah. just would have been dealing for the next season, so That's why we
3: think Russell's a true new contract in the middle of the oh, season. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but then, then again, maybe something's different. We'll. I'm gonna try to find out. I just haven't had a chance to ask anybody yet. Or
2: Thad Bell investigates. <laughs>
3: <laughs> See if anybody will actually tell me anything. But.
0: All right. Before we move into like actually discussing the LA game, should we like talk about scenarios, what we think will happen at the end of this season, what we need? Sure. Should we? I guess there's really not many any any scenarios. We just have to tie. That's all it is.
1: Oh yeah, that's all we have to do. We have to tie. Yeah.
0: Well,
3: unless. unless.
1: 15 Mm -hmm. goals are scored by... Literally, yeah, yeah. unless Dallas beats Colorado by 15 goals. (laughs) Right, exactly. Which,
3: with Tim Howard in goal, that is possible.
2: (laughs) Is that what it said, like, actually? No, that's
1: true. It's actually
2: 15 goals. Yeah, yeah. Like, why even mention that? That's not going to happen. I
1: agree with you. Why even mention that?
2: Sporting kids unless... like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, you say unless if it's, like, a plausible... Like well, right,
1: exactly. I didn't
0: see anywhere else report that. I just looked at the table and wanted to make sure. Oh, no, they reported it. <laughs> yeah, oh, no,
2: it's, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's definitely the themselves
3: funniest thing did.
2: I've literally ever heard in my it's entire like life. A why
1: even mention I
0: mentioned.
3: mean, when's the last time we've seen a soccer game have 15 goals on one side?
2: When I was, like, in fourth grade playing parish soccer in, like, the B League. So <laughs> that's when, the last time I saw 15 goals.
3: Indoor soccer. Indoor uh, soccer,
2: futsal. Uh, 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 when you play with those pug nets
0: <laughs> to bring that back.
2: Bring that back. Throwback, not
0: pug nuts. Um, oh, man. No, the team probably did that to rub it in on Dallas. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
3: But, it, I mean, it's still the scenario. It is legitimately the scenario. It, watch they, it happen. I <laughs> mean, it's one goal. I mean, yeah, watch them, like, we'll be sitting there, sporting be tied, and we'll see Dallas up, like, 10 nothing or something. You know? I think when I
2: record when Fox my Fox pre- Sports 1 will be like, damn it, we when chose re- the wrong
3: game. <laughs> when I record
2: my preview, I think I'm actually going to say, like, with the most straight face, and like, however, <laughs> right? yeah. should Dallas score 15 goals against Colorado? Well, it's not
1: just scoring 15. It's out of a differential. Yeah, yeah have to um, beat them by yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> so, given that Colorado doesn't score any,
1: which if I would have
3: to think in MLS at this point, if somebody teams up by ten goals, I mean the other team is just gonna start throwing. Wait punches. A minute, isn't the game
1: over at that point, or is that just high school?
3: You know?
2: Oh yeah, is so there no hail mary situation <laughs> yeah. in MLS? I mean,
3: I, you know, Tim Howard's just gonna start punching people or something. Right? <laughs> it's not gonna even end.
2: Now that's what I want to see.
3: Yeah, I do too, actually.
2: Yeah, you know what? I'd watch that. All right, Dallas. That'd be worth the price of the <laughs> come mission. on, actually. Honestly, for either team. Tim Howard,
1: Dude. please retire.
0: <laughs> right, I saw him; he was doing commentary today in the Champions League. Was well, so he? Okay, good. Just on TNT. TNT.
3: That's a good job for him. Um. Anyway,
0: okay, LAFC. Bob, you did some scouting, <laughs> on, well, some LAFC. research. Yeah, you looked yeah. on our. You looked at the last match, I guess.
3: Did we cover all the scenarios? No, oh, I mean we, did just a tie to finish first. With the gold, there are other yeah. scenarios. Well, yes, yes. If, if
1: they lose, God forbid,
0: they
3: could drop all the way to
0: fourth. They could, but Dallas could also lose.
3: <laughs> it's Colorado. Um, oh, I know, but yeah. So I mean, Sporting could still finish fourth, right? And that's feasible, or is it third only? I, I think it it's third. fourth.
0: Oh yes, third. You can't. We can't fall behind Seattle.
3: Are you sure about that?
0: <laughs> yeah, they. Oh. oh, we do have... Oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, they would have to score... Partial. They'd have to score 10 goals. Information. <laughs> so anyway, oh, wait, no, they wouldn't. If they won and we lost, Seattle would have 18 wins, which is the first tiebreaker. Correct. Yeah. So I was right. Yeah.
3: So they could still finish fourth. But the good news is that still means it's a home playoff
0: game. Yes. The home playoff game yeah is, but guaranteed yeah but that was the
1: stated yeah, but, goal all along that was Should the I, minimum goal okay well that other story that i was referring to earlier uh here's the math on that if you okay for the last eight years um teams with buys have made it to mls cup 28 percent of the time teams without buys have made it to mls cup 11 percent of the time so let's get that by
0: was, but buy. the first one was twenty eight percent.
1: Yeah, it teams who uh, get the buy in the first round have made it to the cut twenty eight percent of the time. I mean, that
0: just seems about right
1: to me. Yeah, yeah. It shows you the buy is. But it doesn't even feel like valuable. a very damning stat. Yeah, but it's more, better than eleven percent. If you don't get the buy, just saying.
3: Twenty eight percent is it's made it, not won it.
1: Right, right, not won it, but made it to MLS Cup.
3: And but I do. Does anybody have the stats on winning it? yeah, they're here. um, I seem to remember Sporting losing to Portland in the playoff game, which so they were not. They didn't have a bye, and they went on to win it. I remember Sporting losing to Seattle, and they going on to win it. Yeah,
0: this has happened in recent years. So it's not.
3: (laughs) <laughs> it's not an uncommon thing to not have a buy.
1: Yeah. Oh, I didn't say it was. I was just bringing that stat up. So
3: it's, yeah, it's just getting there. And I would anticipate that, yeah, 28% of the time. Because okay, they're the better team. But it's not the better team for the season. It's the team yeah. that's hot.
1: Well, here we go. It says, since 2010, MLS Cup is won by the same number of teams with a seating of third or worse as by a club with a top two seating for each time.
3: Ding. Yeah. It's the team that's hot. And the that's the problem is when you when you have playoffs, it's not the team that's the better team all year long.
0: It's the team that's hot going into it. And we are hot now. Well, and, if they yeah, if they win this last game, yeah, rolling in with three big wins like that, gotta be feeling very good.
3: And and right now I'd have to say sporting and Seattle are both at least in that hot category.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. But I see what I wanna happen is is I want a Portland Seattle playoff match because Portland could win that because it's just Cascadia and get Seattle the hell out of there. (laughs) Yeah. And that, that would, that'd be fun. That'd just be fun for MLS. (laughs) Yeah. And I wouldn't mind seeing an LA LA clash too. You know, who does Portland play this weekend? This weekend? Yeah. Not sure.
0: And Seattle plays, uh, San Jose. Yeah. We are, we're all rooting for Portland to, to leapfrog Seattle, right? For fifth place or for fourth place. No doubt.
2: <laughs> I'm picturing all of the players playing leapfrog on the field. <laughs> you can't say that.
0: Oh, the Whitecaps. It's uh, Portland have the Whitecaps. <laughs> there you
1: go.
2: Otherwise known as Vancouver.
0: <laughs> so that'll be so that'll be another Cascadia match to finish the season.
1: Yeah, but the way Vancouver is going, but they did come back and help us out. So thank you, thank you, Vancouver.
3: Yeah, they did without Kai. Yeah. So it would be good if Portland could win, Seattle lose, but it's they're playing San Jose, right? So yeah.
1: But if anybody saw my tweet, here's what I am predicting is gonna happen. I, I'm I'm predicting this now. DC United's gonna come through the east, we're gonna come through the west, and it's gonna be a two thousand and four rematch at Children's University Park, and we're gonna win. That's what I'm predicting.
3: Nice. Yeah. I would be happy for that. Yeah. Get to see cool. Wayne Rooney.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Who um Eliminates Atlanta and
1: New York Or do they eliminate each other Well DC Very well possibly I could see DC eliminating either of those teams yeah, Especially they're, Atlanta They're the hot one right now Yeah, Especially Atlanta With uh, Almiron out I think Atlanta's pretty beatable I think they've proven that actually in the last couple of weeks But yeah I can see DC United Beating any, either of those guys
0: But a home playoff game is back Yes, you can get excited. Thank God. So yeah, it it's good. We're happy.
2: We're happy. Pod, happy life.
0: The playoff game in 2013 that went into extra time against New England. Yes, mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite sporting events that I've ever been to.
1: Cessna good goal. That was an awesome goal. Yes, I was in the cauldron and having it right in front of me. Claudio Bieler even
0: scored that. He did, game. he did. One of his rare goals. Yeah. Uh. Yes, the cauldron, it, it literally looked like a tornado had gone through the cauldron after that <laughs> Seth Sinovic goal. I ended up like five rows below where I started oh, before know? the goal. There was just like people on the
1: ground and Those are like, things you never forget. <laughs> yeah, it That's was what wild. It's all about. Okay, so LAFC. LAFC is a weird team because they have averaged 2.2 goals per away match, which is more than they've averaged at home. But they also average the same amount, giving up goals, 2.2 per match away, <laughs> which is interesting. But uh, I think we all know LA's foil is their defense. You know, they they tend to leak a, a fair amount of goals. Um, we're both 3-1 and 2 in the last six games. And uh, just to make sure the standings are clear, we are two points ahead of them uh goal differential is the big difference we are um at 24 positive they're at 17 so that's why a draw gives us the title but um LEFC with Failhaber and Win have been playing oftentimes those two in a 4231 and to me it all comes down to Graham Zusi because if if you watch you know that teams try to catch us on the counter as our wide backs attack forward, right? As we're caught forward, we, they try to split those wide backs and pull out our center defenders. Well, that's exactly what Phil Hopper and Wynn specialize in doing is holding the ball, circulating it around so that our defenders have to come upfield to defend that, to try to win the ball back. So to me, that's where the difference is going to be made if that's what the, the way that LAFC plays. Otherwise, I think we can run the gut on them because that's where they're weak is defensively straight down the middle.
0: I remember at one point this season Kyrie Shelton. Yeah. Kyrie Shelton
2: yeah. and Felipe Gutierrez.
0: Yeah. Uh I remember at one point this season, Bob, you doubted LA as like a legit team. Because like, of their defense. Are they are they formidable? Are they a formidable opponent now?
1: Well, they've always been a formidable opponent offensively. I mean they've got Diamandi with twelve goals, uh Carlos how do you say his last name? So really it's just that you know <laughs> thirteen goals. Rossi twelve goals. So, so it's, really, it's
0: just you're you're unimpressed by the West, other than Sporting Kansas City. Ah, uh,
1: Seattle, Seattle scares me. But yeah, uh, they do. Yeah, uh, FC just has that that Achilles heel. It's their defense. You can true. run right through the middle. I mean, Benny Philhaber and Lee Wynn in central of the field. Come on.
2: Okay. Well, I have a question for all of you. Who is the center forward to start? Is it Kyrie Shelton? Is it his hold up game? Is it his ability to, you know, his presence in that central role? Or is it going to be Diego Rubio? who is quick on his feet and has proven to be pretty dangerous playing up the middle for sporting on Sunday. I think just the way
1: they've played together, as you mentioned, Shao mm-hmm. Shelton, and uh, Russell, plus the way Gutierrez is playing, I think you have to start Shelton up front.
0: Yeah, those that's the four attacking that I want. Yeah.
3: I know there was, I, I forget which year it was, but there was one year where the question of who starting at center forward was Teal Bunbury and Dom Dwyer (laughs) and whatever year that was. And for a while on the road, they would start Teal and bring in Dom and at home they would start Dom and bring in Teal or do I have that backwards? I think that's right. I wonder if this could end up being a situation like that where on the road they start Kyrie because it's more, you got to be a little more defensive oriented Mm -hmm. even though he's, you know, and on at home, you're just going to go score a bunch of freaking goals and put in Rubio, right. and then bring in Kyrie to close it out at the end. Or yeah. you know, I don't know. I, I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that's exactly what happens, but I'm just curious that, that could be one of those options. So know,
1: going back to our stats earlier, you'd like to see the breakdown of home versus away instead of just when Shelton starts with.
3: Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think we can look at that right now because yeah. Shelton was the starter regardless until he got hurt. Yeah. I mean that was just the way it turned out. I just wonder now with how Rubio has improved. Right. Um, And
2: And most of Rubio's stats would be from when he was like playing that unbelievable stretch in August. You know, before
3: that he was a, he was a super sub coming in and scoring really good goals quite often. Now he's showed that capability to play somewhat Shelton like and score goals. And then, so it, I just wonder if that could be an option. Like maybe he starts at home and Shelton starts on the road, or vice versa.
1: Yeah, but right now you don't mess with the chemistry, and the good things have happened mm-hmm. since the second half of Vancouver. Good, G-T-O. you stay with that,
0: and you know. at least that's Vermese's philosophy generally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm
3: just saying he has won against sure. that sure in sure the past, right. and I, I can also see... just
2: like going into playoffs too. I mean, you know, does he, does he want to just go with what's going well, or does he want to? still keep you know the options keep players coming you know circulating players in and out i don't know
1: well somewhat related to that interesting point about lafc is they tend to take their foot off the gas when they get a lead in a game and allow teams to come back i mean look at the galaxy games right (laughs) so you know that could be a situation if we do fall behind wherein okay we bring in zlatan (laughs) (laughs) right we bring in a rubio and you know we we pressure them in different ways no
0: i i I like the idea of starting Shelton and holding holding Rubio back on the bench, and then finally like unleashing right, him right. In, the, in the 70th minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I
3: do I, think that's yeah. probably what happens. But
2: I almost picture him like a bull. Yes, oh, <laughs> like, well, I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. Some like players play better when the they flag. get pissed off. Yeah. they
1: really do when they're and pissed off. I w- I and, would, and that's
2: exactly how we like Diego Rubio. We want him pissed we off. We do.
1: We do.
3: <laughs> I also kind of like the idea of watching Shelton run over Benny as much as we love Benny. But... <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, and he would do so. <laughs> you know what yeah. I
1: don't want to see is a smug look on Vail Hubber's face when he walks off the field after the game Sunday. I do not want to see that. <laughs> I, I don't oh, want to see Latif dancing. That's what going. I yeah. was just about
0: to say. I was like, if I have to see Latif do that stupid dance. <laughs> it
1: was,
3: it was, we it love was, you guys, but. It not. was almost endearing last year. This year it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed.
2: Hi.
0: All right. Do we have extra time topics?
2: Bob, you, <laughs> you teased well, one at the I beginning. You
1: guys had other ones. I don't, I don't want to no, take No, I didn't thunder. have a single thing. Yeah, so I, I was waiting out. for yours. <laughs> yeah, let's. what did you tease earlier? <laughs> uh, what did I tease earlier? Oh, I yes. I told you to write it down. Is it time? I'm sorry. It just irks me. I, I, I love Mahomes. I love the Chiefs. But is it time for MLS to change that schedule so that MLS Cup in the playoffs and the run to the playoffs gets more attention? I mean, we had to get a game put on FS1. It wasn't going to be. But now it is, which is nice, but do we need to change the calendar so we don't cross with baseball and football, the two biggest sports in America, in the fall when it's playoff time and MLS? Yeah, time? I
0: mean I, I get that, but also like yeah, don't don't schedule the games at the exact same time, but I think they could
2: Could play they not in, have put it at five thirty? Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> for the love of God.
0: Exactly. You can play in the same season, I think just be aware of what you're going up against Sunday so? nights.
3: Why? Why was all those games on Sunday going up against the NFL?
2: I have it. It's like they waited for the NFL season to start. They're like, yes, now our Sunday <laughs> yeah, right. schedule yeah. is in f- full swing. Good idea. It makes no sense. I don't what? understand.
0: Yeah, and it, it's a bit of a different. Well, discussion. it's college football too. I mean. Right. And it's not just – that's not the only reason to, like, to change the calendar on MLS. No, it's not. Like, that's another discussion. To me, it's a bigger reason. Yeah, but, you know, it would also be nice to align with
1: FIFA dates and, you know, all that. And with the soccer-specific stadiums becoming more prominent, it's more easy to do.
0: It Mm -hmm. it should be, yeah.
1: Yeah. You still have the weather problem and – Oh, screw the weather. That's fans are fans. The they will come out for their team no matter the weather.
0: Oh. And there are still MLS games in blizzards. So. Exactly. Well,
2: And there are MLS teams not who a play in Portland and Seattle and New England and New York, like states that have much harsher winters, much worse conditions than out here in Kansas City, Missouri. And it would be really convenient if Arrowhead and Children's Mercy Park were anywhere near one another, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. I will be... Either scrambling to get to Children's Mercy Park after my duties at Arrowhead are done, or I'm just gonna be SOL and crying my way back home.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if if turf is still gonna be a thing in MLS for the foreseeable future, then yeah, why? Why? I mean, what the hell? Why can't we play in December? I don't understand. Put a put a roof over it. Let's play in December. Let's go. <laughs> I don't want turf, but if we're gonna do it, like, come on.
1: I mean, okay. So we move the playoffs to. April we're still competing against the NHL and the nBA but that's a lot less in my mind than compete with baseball and football, yeah,
2: well, I think for sporting it's also unique too because they have two very popular and very like long standing like the Chiefs and the Royals are like right. staples yeah. in Kansas City. other cities, for example, St. Louis, they don't have an NFL team yet, yeah, you compete with baseball a little bit and then hockey, yeah. yes, but you know, there's more room, I think, for MLS to kind of control the, the um, what's yeah. going to be more popular that day in terms of who's showing out for what. Yeah. Um. So it just, I think it goes. It depends city to city, but
3: it it does depend the city by city and a lot of other factors too. But if you look at the trend for sports of which way they're going, like which ones are growing and which ones are oh yeah shrinking. Oh yeah. NBA is growing. MLS is growing. All the rest are shrinking. Yeah. Okay. Right. NHL I think is staying steady, but they're they're just not a factor in this discussion unless you're.
1: Yeah, because in some Canada. ways MLS eclipses the NHL as far as. Yeah,
3: so tennis, I think et If you change the season, and again we still have the weather problem, we can argue about that, but I don't bother right now. It's too long of a discussion for this. Indeed. Um, but if you go change your where you're competing against the NBA playoffs now, I think you're going to have some of the same problem. Um, it's. Because I think uh, it seems to me that more people are NBA and MLS fans than they are MLS and baseball fans, or MLS and even yeah, mm. even NFL fans. At this eh, point. I, don't know. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of overlap between yeah.
0: fandoms. Okay, I bet, but no, you're you're probably right. I bet if you pulled MLS fans, I bet their number two sport that they follow would be NBA. Yeah, and and
2: honestly, or like hockey.
0: Hockey would definitely be up there.
2: Definitely. Like, I mean, this is me looking like my own personal so family. So you're saying
1: but... that key demographic of 24 to 30 is that way?
0: Oh, it's yeah, yes, it's basketball and soccer for sure. Mm. Yes, okay. it's
3: it's definitely that way. I mean, there was just actually one that came out a week. Yeah, or I know. Two it's, ago. It's
0: actually good timing. We're talking about this. I did just see all of this recently. Mm.
3: Uh, NBA is growing. MLS is growing. Everybody else is shrinking. I, I don't. I'm not sure if hockey shrank or stayed like almost exactly the same as far as popularity. And in the, the young demographic groups, which, you know, is your spending money or people go to the games money and all that type of stuff, uh, it, it's MLS's is pace is uh, close to eclipsing several sports, okay? They're still well behind NBA. They're still below NFL, don't get me wrong, but th- they're like even with baseball now in the in the young demographic and trending up where baseball's trending down. Yeah. Um Hockey, again, is pretty much static. But it's static because it's only in certain cities and it's only popular in certain cities even though it's in other cities. Right. Uh, And
0: and NFL continues to drop. Nice round of applause for
3: that one. not as
2: much as people, like, I've seen plenty of things just based on broadcast numbers and, you know, general perceptions from preseason till what's actually been playing out through now seven weeks going into uh, eight weeks now it hasn't been as bad, but in general, yes. Especially in terms of younger demographics and like millennials and where they're putting their money towards sports.
1: And how much that has to do with the length of the damn games? I mean football games and baseball games (laughs) take freaking forever.
2: Baseball especially at least like football (laughs) can like really I mean baseball has always been a sport and I grew up in St. Louis. (laughs) Like the Cardinals are your bread and butter. And I would dread I mean until playoffs came around which thankfully the Cardinals always did pretty well in that category and were pretty exciting. But I mean, can they? I mean, would it kill them to shorten it to like seven <laughs> innings, six innings? Does it have to be nine?
1: Sorry, I cut it's, that off earlier. And by the way, somebody's going to bring it up. I am not for pro uh, relegation and promotion at all. But anyway, <laughs> you you, you gave me an opening. Up. You gave me an opening. Sorry, <laughs> it's it's.
3: I was just thinking about this earlier when I was looking at the standings. Um, not just today, but even before. If you look at the East and the Western Conference, there's seven teams playing for a spot right now on each conference. So there's 14 teams that right now the last game matters. Oh, yeah. Okay? The last game of the regular season matters. You can regularly look at an EPL table and a lot of the other big leagues, and at the end of the year, the last five games don't matter for half of the league. The bottom three – Four teams, it matters. The top two or three, maybe right. four teams, yeah. it matters. Often, it's even less than that. Quite honestly, I mean, like Man City ran away with it last year. When did they win the? When did they win the whole thing?
0: Yeah, with four a month to play at least. Yeah, I
3: mean, and and Man U's done that in the past, where they've won it with three, four, five games left to play. Chelsea's done it, where they've won it with two or three games yeah, left to play.
0: We 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 here like to. Make fun of the, the word parody and how they often, you know, we like to make fun of that joke, how they advertise that fact so hard. But Sunday's going to be pretty fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, that's going to, it's going to be some crazy shit. Like, there, last weekend was pretty fun.
3: There are 14 teams playing for spots. There's five teams, uh, four teams at least, that are potentially out of the playoffs after this weekend. Right. Poor Real and,
1: Salt Lake didn't even get to play. They had to sit and watch.
3: Yeah. So those games matter to all, you know, 14 teams that matters. And the rest of them, they're just playing out to see whether or not they get scored 15 goals on Colorado <laughs> or not, right? But it's 14 teams that matter instead of just right. five, six,
1: maybe. Would that be just like Tim Howard just to literally lay down in the goal and allow them to score that many goals, <laughs> just to piss us off? <laughs>
2: Honestly, I would not be surprised one bit.
3: And you, it that would be a way to go out and never play professional, <laughs> right? In Tim
2: Howard's last game, he conceded 27 goals, made a sham, and of he laid. professional.
1: Soccer. It, they would
3: have to like void that game because it would be, oh, out, yeah. you know, but so anyway,
1: it.
2: He, I would love to see Taylor Tolman's rant though on whatever he would say. What are we this. doing? What are
1: we doing? <laughs>
0: I just I, like when he rants about anything, yeah. <laughs>
3: I'm not against the whole idea of Pro-Rail. I just know that we're not at the point where we're ready for that and right. because of the ownership and the contracts and the leagues and all that stuff. Someday in the future, yes,
0: it will happen.
3: Just, But it's got to be when it's the right point and the, there's the
0: – I don't agree that someday it will happen. Oh, see, that's <laughs> what I do. I always think that and I want it to, but you say that matter-of-factly, and I know that there's a lot of people that think it will never happen. Oh, they're wrong. I, <laughs> I agree.
3: But it's, it will take a, a – I'm, uh, the right term is not there, but it will take a density of teams and leagues, and uh, t- people trying to get to the top level, having enough of those teams. Again, when we have the we'll amount take of more teams, more
1: Cincinnatis.
0: Well, yeah, and that's that will be a, a thing, right? Like it definitely will be. There's going to be teams in the USL that are pulling more fans uh on average than an mls team at a certain mm-hmm. point like that's going to well shit i mean that already didn't that already happen with cincinnati 000? i think yeah. cincinnati was already averaging more than some mls teams yeah quite
3: a few of them um it it, it will uh, that's why i do think it will happen at some point point. and quite honestly i think at some point mls will go yeah screw usl because they pissed us off with some for some reason and make mls too and like. make mls too <laughs> and all the good usl teams will defect they will all have to pay a 100,000 or 100 million dollar <laughs> entry fee and meet certain criteria and the US will be USL will be left with, you know, eight ass teams just like they were before MLS they'll decided call it, to support they'll
0: them. They'll call it the MLS championship cuz cuz they still like to echo Europe enough.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and that will be your pro rel at that point. And it I don't know. I I foresee it happening at some time before I die unless it's the next few years, <laughs> which you, know, you never know but knock on wood
2: let's not say that
1: we go right or left first? <laughs> okay so
0: <laughs> is everyone you guys are all gonna be at the game I guess me I'll I, be there me and Allie are still a question
2: I'll if I there. like learn how to fly or <laughs> figure out teleportation in the next couple days I will for sure be there if not it is going to be what's dependent. that called in Harry Potter I don't know I'm like not that big uh, I mean okay. I've okay. read all the books but Dang I it. have a really bad memory sorry <laughs>
1: Yeah, What's what a, called? Like a broomstick? Flying from one place like, to another. There's a certain name for it. Apparition. A- apparate. A- apparate. Oh, that's what well, That's it is. not
2: like just a Harry Potter thing. That's like an apparition? actual. Apparition? Yeah. Isn't isn't not like, that's an actual like term. Okay. Right? Well. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Anyway, if anyone knows, please comment below <laughs> let <laughs> us know. <laughs> we're starting our Boo Testament <laughs> oh, <laughs> book God. club. And we're going to uh, be reading Harry Potter.
0: I like our new logo on Twitter.
2: I do too. Harry Spooky. Potter,
0: Harry Potter movies suck.
2: They do. Third Books one is are better. Very
1: good.
0: I go for Hermione, though. Oh yeah. Pedophile.
2: All right. Anyway. What?
0: Third one is. She's the best like. <laughs> she's like. Twenty something, isn't she? On now, that note, not in the movies. On that right. note,
2: predictions well, for I the game also, on Sunday. I was
0: also a child when she was a child. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs>
2: predictions for the game on Sunday.
0: Oh,
1: Allie.
2: What? I want to know.
1: Three to two, sporting.
2: <laughs> Allie? Oh, am I next? Oh, okay. okay.
1: Thad's going to say sporting's going to score one goal.
2: Okay. I predict a sporting vic- or Yeah, sporting win. Victory sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Sporting win, four to one.
0: Sporting, three to one. I hate you, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not exactly a difficult like thing to call out. You literally do it every game.
3: Yeah, but that's just because it's fun. I haven't yeah.
0: had one in a while. He likes a bit of anarchy.
3: I don't I, and again, I always hate the whole prediction thing, but I think sporting is most likely to win. And if I have to give a score, I'll say two one.
0: I I really do believe that they're gonna win. This, is, this team feels different than in years past. It'll be a than known this. goal by Failhaber. There you go. <laughs> I like that. That would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pumped. Love you, they baby. Uh, they feel uh, the things feel different this time around. I don't think they get that draw against L.A. in years past. Like that's a that that's one point that made me feel like this was gonna be different. And then um, the second half against Vancouver, like when they scored that first goal, I was like, "It's back." I was in a bad place. <laughs> They scored that goal, and I was like, "They're gonna do it again. They're, <laughs> they're gonna do this all over again, and we're gonna fall out of a bye." And hey, Cody, how long was our podcast tonight? <laughs> We've gone much longer. I've, I thought so. I thought so. Okay, <laughs> but I'm very excited. If I'm not there, don't take that as me not being excited. It's just oh, gonna be a long day.
1: Gotcha. I may be skipping.
0: Who? What? The red Pod for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
3: my daughter's got a tournament. I might be skipping the championship game but It's
0: worth it. Yeah. That say something prophetic.
3: Brad Evans made the bench in good.
0: Not prophetic. Okay, we will talk next week. Until then, Woo! go sporting.
2: What I'm strong and all comes off My fun
0: pottings got me drinking My fun pottings got me drinking My fun pottings got me drinking Give me a beer of whiskey, wine or gin
2: Anything to shake
0: Yeah.